This fall here at Medina Naz, we have been uh, going back to the essentials of our faith, rediscovering who we are and what we believe, and we've made a lot of progress. For those of you who are uh, new today, um, we'll just pick you up real quick. We've talked about God the Father. We've talked about uh, Jesus, God the Son. We've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about sin, repentance, salvation. Last week was all about sanctification. Now you're all caught up. You got it. We're, we're all there. We're all in the same. It's, to be honest, it's been a lot, right? There's, there's a lot of stuff there. But the, the question then is, uh, how do we get all that stuff? Did somebody just make it up along the way? Did somebody just kind of say, I'm going to start a religion and um, we're going to put all this in there and this is just what this is? Uh, the, of course, the answer is no. The answer is that we have the Bible. We have the scripture. We have the, the word of God. And all of those essentials that we've been studying up to this point are found in the Bible. And so I'm thinking that the Bible is pretty essential too. Now, if you're thinking that I'm gearing up for a full-blown sermon today, rest assured, we're, 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 I know the time, it's good. Uh, hang in there with me. But uh, just real quick, well, or maybe, I mean, pastorally speaking, real quick, we'll, uh, uh, we'll look at uh, a little bit about the essential Word of God this morning. The Bible that we know today is actually a library of 66 books, right? 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. They're written by 40 different authors spanning a period of over 1,500 years. Some of those books are historical documents, some are poetry, some are letters that were written to individuals or to churches, there are prophecies and apocalyptic writings and there are stories that teach and all of those writings were inspired by God. D despite the time span and, and the various authors and the different genres, the Bible has a unified message. It's a message about a God who loves us and the extent to which he has gone to provide for our redemption through Jesus Christ. It is a, it is a sacred text. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good Work. It's, a, it's an amazing book. It's living and active. It penetrates to the heart. It teaches truth. It corrects us and it trains us. And we have these, these holy pages. They are the very words of God. But we also have our iPhones and TikTok and football and Amazon. We get our direction for living from a, from a lot of different places. I mean, we get opinions and ideas uh, from family and friends. You know, we're part of this family. This is how we do life. We, we read things in books and articles and online. And, and cable news offers so much perspective about life, right? We, uh, we weigh the pros and cons of a decision. We might look at what makes sense in a certain situation, what seemed to work last time, so now I'll try that again. And all of those things are great ways, fine ways to make decisions in our lives. But, but at the end of the day, we still need some kind of standard. We need some kind of way of figuring out what is, what is right and true. John Wesley acknowledged that, that we can discover truth in, in several different ways. He talked about using reason tradition and experience in our search for direction in life. But Wesley also acknowledged a fourth way, and it supersedes all, all the rest. It's th this, these four th uh, things that you see behind me there are what's been called the Wesleyan quadrilateral. 
Now, you thought that you came to church today, not math class. So let me just, uh, it's, it's a quadrilateral of four. We got four ways, uh, Wesley said, that we can discover truth through reason, tradition, experience, and through scripture. But if any of those first three don't align with scripture, don't align with the Bible, then they're wrong because the Bible is our ultimate source of truth. God has spoken. His word is authoritative. His message is love. And we can find it in the pages of scripture. So we can't just leave the very words of God lying around, unopened and unused. There's a box in my basement uh, labeled love letters. It's not huge, but it's not small either. Uh, it, it has letters, notes, and cards that Rebe- Rebecca and I sent to each other primarily during the three and a half years that we were, that we were dating. And, and I won't speak for her today. She's not here to, to uh, give her side of the story. But I know that when I would, uh, uh, if we'd been away from each other, maybe on break from college or whatever, and, and, uh, and, and then I would receive a letter from her in the mail. Now, that was when you put, there's the thing called an envelope, and you, you lick it, and you stick the thing, and, and it actually, in the mail, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, that was email back then, too. Uh, that, was, that was texting for us. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, I'd see that one of her letters came in the mail. I mean... I, I couldn't get to it fast enough, right? I'd, I'd grab it and I'd take it somewhere private and I'd savor every word. I, I read it more than once. I'd read between the lines trying to figure out what she was really saying about this or that or whatever, right? No, nothing and no one was going to get in my way uh, and interrupt my time with the words of the one that I loved and the one who loved me. And I wonder if that might be how we need to treat God's word. Do we anticipate personal quality time with, with Scripture? Do, do we get alone and, and read and reread and read between the lines and, and try to find out what it really means? Or do we sleepily read a few verses in the morning or before we go to bed at night and hope that it magically does a little good for us? The lover of your soul has written to you. His words bring life and hope and peace and guidance and joy. They are the good news of the gospel and they are our standard for living. So read the Bible. I, I, I guess that's just the point. It gets that simple. Uh, I'm assuming that, that, that uh, you, you walked in here today and you probably already knew that. I'm also assuming that you walked in here today and you could probably stand to spend more time with scripture than you do. Uh, you, you will not be the person that God wants you to be without concerted time in God's word. It's, I guess, it's essential. Today, there are more resources than ever to, uh, uh, to uh, help us to do that, to engage scripture. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, the Bible app on your phone, probably. And uh, you, uh, you can access so many translations and, and uh, helps and, and reading plans. You can, you can pick out a, a three-day plan and, and feel great because you finished that one. Or you can pick out the one that reads through the whole Bible in a year. And uh, you get bogged down in Leviticus and, and then you feel awful about yourself. You know, whatever. We've got, we've, we've got all of this stuff. There's, there's all these all these uh, helps, not just on that app, but so many books and, and blogs and websites and Bible study helps and commentaries and language studies. There's really no excuse to not be spending regular time diving into the Word of God. But it's not really about the time, how much time we spend or how much of the Bible that we get through, right? 
The goal is not to just get through the Bible. The, the, the goal, the, the, the need, is that we get the truths of the Bible through us. I'm not a fast reader. I, I enjoy reading. I'm just not very fast. So uh, when, I, when I went to seminary and I saw the stacks of books that uh, I was supposed to read for any given class, I, I got a little, uh, a little queasy and I signed up for a speed reading course that was going to help me get through all, these, all these, uh, these books that I needed to read. For the first part of that course, uh, we had to bring a book to practice with. So they teach you the stuff, you know, and then you spend half the class, you're practicing, you're going through. And, and really, I mean, I can sum up the class in, in, in one sentence, use your finger. And that was really, and it doesn't help me, and I'm back to square one, and that was that. But uh, in order to practice, uh, I, I brought a book along with me, and rather than just grab any book, right, I was, I was a wise seminary student, so I grabbed a book that was one of the, the required readings for one of my other classes, right? And so I could kill two birds with one stone, and I could pull that book and come in here and practice, and then I'd get the reading done for that uh, while I was spending this extra time in this extra class. So the book that I took to speed reading class was from my, uh, from my class called Spiritual Formation. And it was all about spending quality time with God and experiencing him deeply and meditating on scripture and participating in the spiritual disciplines and slowing down and really digging deep. And this is the book that I brought to speed reading class. I'm still a slow reader. It didn't help me. Spending time on the pages of scripture, it's not just about getting through it. Get, get through everything that you need to get through. Check off the next chapter or the, the next day's reading. Uh, it, it, it doesn't do us any good if we're just doing that, but we're not allowing the word of God to change us in the process. The Bible reveals the essential truths of life. There's a guy, long time ago, G.K. Chesterton. He was a, a creative and educated Christian writer and thinker uh, of the early 20th century. And, and someone uh, once asked him, if you were marooned on a desert island and you could only have one book with you, what would you choose? And of course, everyone in the crowd expected G.K. Chesterton, this great Christian, to say the Bible. But uh, he said, his answer to that question was, if I was marooned on a deserted island, the one book I would want with me would be Thomas's Guide to Practical Shipbuilding. Which makes sense. If you're trapped on an island, you'd want a book that would help you get home. You wouldn't want a book that would just entertain you or give you information that you couldn't use. You'd want something that could save you. And the truth is, we are trapped in, in thoughts and behaviors and attitudes that lead nowhere good. We're trapped in a, in a hectic, noise-filled, busy world that wars against the transformation that God wants to do in our hearts. So, so we need a book that will save us. We need a book that will help us get home. A man was putting his four-year-old daughter to bed tonight, And uh, as she got ready, she was singing uh, a, a song, an old kid's song, the B-I-B-L-E. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And then, and then you got to yell, that's, that's the correct way to do it. But as she's singing this song and getting ready for bed, she's, uh, she got it mixed up a little bit and she, she inserted the line to another song right at the end. She said, I stand alone on the word of God. That's what it's all about. She got the hokey pokey in there instead. 
but maybe she was on to something, right? We are so blessed to have the very words of God at our fingertips. Let's not neglect them. The Bible is essential to our walk with God.